hey everybody, welcome back to Trek to Da Holodeck. Trek um, to Da Holodeck? Trek yeah, I, I, I misspoke. I misspoke. <laughs> I misspoke. I'm sorry. Welcome Trek to, to the Holodeck. Trek to the Holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Darius. <laughs> I'm Dylan. I'm Jan. Today we have a very special guest, Shem Andre Byron. Welcome to uh, Trek to the Holodeck. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. I'm very, very yeah. happy to be here. And uh, the guys asked me to come because. I've got 10,000 action figures in a museum called the Secret Lair Action Figure Museum. And uh, shockingly, I'm married. And I still, still don't understand how that happened. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is a, this is an NX Files episode, actually. We're trying to figure out how this is like, possible. Like, how, is, how has somebody with this many action figures had a monogamous relationship for 23 years? It's baffling. So, I literally Scully's like, Mulder, I don't... Yeah, I'm I don't living in a stuff. holodeck episode. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> we, have a, we have an ongoing bit where we want to do a radio drama called The NX Files. Um, and it's the uh, Star Trek... Uh, it's the Starfleet ship that in, like investigates uh, like weird happenings. Yeah. And, oh, God, that's um, a great premise for a show. I'm not joking right now. I think that's actually awesome. a great premise for <laughs> <Yeah>. a show. <laughs> <laughs> and we we would love to be able to get uh, what's his name Dave. on his captain Dave, Dave Duchovny, Duchovny on his captain. Oh. So if anyone knows Dave Duchovny, um, okay, <laughs> I've got files. I actually have got a great Dave Duchovny story. Can I, am I allowed please, to say yes. okay. please. Go for it. We do okay. have a side podcast called the Duchovny. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this is this is fucking. Pre- I mean, this is pretty funny. I got to watch the cussing. I don't know like where this is going. No, no. you're good. You okay. can do good. Okay. It's, just, it's explicit. Okay, it's so explicit. Uh, we're in Ojai. My wife and I and our godkids and their parents, and we're driving from Ojai and end up in Malibu. And we're at a restaurant in Malibu. This is like pre-COVID. This is like years ago. And yeah. who's there but Dave Duchovny? Oh. And he's talking to, in detail, with a giant man from Africa dressed in African garb. And everybody's just, you know, watching it. It's Dave Duchovny. And, you know, so nobody wants to, like, get involved. They're like, oh, this is, like, friends of the family or whatever. Turns out that this guy had nothing to do with Dave Duchovny. He just, like, walked up to him and started talking to him because that's how cool (laughs) Dave is. And so it's just like, they went to separate tables. So I was like, holy shit, I was just in the next Files episode. (laughs) (laughs) It was unbelievable. Yeah, is this the tall alien? That sounds like uh, a Men in Black character it, too. It, oh literally, my God, I mean, yeah. he was in all orange. He was so beautiful that it was just like I, I couldn't believe that it wasn't like a setup. But the, literally, the guy yeah. was just dressed in his 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 garb, so cool. and Dave yeah. was just being who Dave is. Who is yeah, seems like yeah. a really yeah. nice guy. He seems so sweet. I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was listening to the conversation, and I'm like. I didn't know that they were. It sounded like they had been friends for like 30 years. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wonder. I feel like that's the thing with celebrities often is one side of the conversation does know the person or have it or believe or feel that they've known the person forever. Yeah. You know, right. like people who are like, oh, my God, it's Patrick Stewart. Like, I fucking love you. And like they melt down. And you just have to probably as a celebrity be like, yep, you probably do have you that do relationship with me. And yeah. I have to treat you with kindness and sincerity. Uh, and, you know, some people rise to that occasion and others did, and don't. can't handle don't, it. Okay, we're going to go back. Yeah. Now that we're involved in this arena, I've got, I've literally yeah. got hundreds of autographs around around this place that are personalized to me. And oh, that's um, so cool. 
unfortunately, one of those autographs came from someone that sounds like Watner. <laughs> mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. he, I mean, it was like I had dressed in a full, like, Sunday best suit. <laughs> like, I could not have been more, like, tie the whole bit. <laughs> and it was so disappointing and so humbling that I was like, I'm not going to get over this. So I'm telling my wife, like, I'm not going to go over it. She's like, get in line. You'll you'll be fine in the next one. Next one, Leonard <laughs> Nimoy could not have been more of a doll. So oh. sincere, so awesome. Oh, but because of the first episode, the way that I treat dealing with like, it's like a business transaction. I yeah. like, I like, I try not to look at them in the eyes. I like, I just give my money. I'm like, yeah. you're really great. And right. I try, I get out of dodge. You know what I mean? I always, like, I don't play. I always, I always think of that moment from uh, Galaxy Quest when Tim Allen is kind of sad, and he's signing autographs and flicking them at people. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> flicking them and signing and flicking them. <laughs> I mean, it's no. Uh, I mean, look, again, most stars that I, and I've met a a ton of them, are very, very lovely and very, very thankful for the attention and are exactly the way that you guys have described, which is someone that is sincere and knows that they're dealing with people that look up to them. And that's and that's a wonderful thing when you see. That's really nice. And that's the majority. Literally, I take it back. There's only one person that ever hurt me. (laughs) One. (laughs) Like, all the other hundreds have been amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I never got over the scar. I've heard that. I've heard that. I got to go to therapy. (laughs) Yeah. It's rough. Uh, That's why I could Uh, never meet him either. Um, No, thank you. Yeah. Well, would you say we handled, you know, your starstruckness? pretty well Sean when you you came on you know like I was the the sweats the flop sweats were happening and I was like I was starting to stutter and I really but I mean you guys you pulled me in you you embraced me you made me feel like one of the crew and I mean that not just because we're talking about Star Trek but because you guys are really wonderful guys and I can't wait till we uh thank you Play some Dungeons and Dragons, and you know, like oh shit, do a yeah. bunch of other nerdy <laughs> things together. Man, yes, please. So here on Trek to the Holodeck, we uh, rank we what we find because we find. Uh, and this is uh, important information that I don't think we've ever shared before. When we started this podcast, we were like, "Hey, we want to do a Star Trek podcast. What do we want to do it on." We're like, "We all love the Holodeck episodes because not a lot of people give the Holodeck episodes a lot of love." Yeah, yeah and so yeah. we're like. Someone has to have had has to have like a rating of like the best holodeck episodes, and so we did like the search on the Googles, like you normally do, mm-hmm. and we found a few lists here and there of like top five holodeck episodes. But nobody has gone through it, the compendium of holodeck episodes to find every single episode in Star Trek that has the holodeck in it. In it, one and two, rank them all. Mm-hmm. So we're like, that's our podcast. We have to find every single episode of Star Trek that has the holodeck in it, mm-hmm. and then we have to give that. That holodeck episode a rating and the episode we're doing this week is tng season six episode 12 uh which originally aired january 25th 1993 and it's called something about a ship in a bottle i yep. think it's ship in the bottle i it's ship in the bottle, bottle. okay <laughs> is it ship in a bottle because for ship some reason i wrote ship in the bottle which makes ship the bottle, bottle a little uh, more powerful more powerful yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a normal sh- normal bottle <laughs> yeah yeah right. and if people don't know what the holodeck is what is it 
you know, it's it's like video games or VR for for future people. Yes. Cool. Slash an yeah. excuse for writers to write something that's not space stuff. Can I, get, can I <laughs> yeah. say something? Can I jump in for Please? a second? Um, yeah, like, uh, yes, yes, we will allow it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of seriously, course. go for it. I'm a chatty yeah. motherfucker. Like, like, that's something you guys should Please. know. Um, totally, yeah. One of the, I think, the most important, because I remember when, like, when I was in high school when The Next Gen came out, and when The Holodeck came out, I was like, this is absolute genius, because... What they've done is they've just taken like the idea of a transporter going from matter mm-hmm. to energy and instead going from energy to matter. And that's mm-hmm. yeah. that I think um, is important in terms of Star Trek because the two things that I love about Star Trek, and I think this episode has both of them, they have social commentary and they have mm-hmm. accurate science. And that is yeah. essential when it comes especially to something like the holodeck. I mean, look, we're in a situation now where we have 3D printers. That that to me is a replicator, like it, it coming in people's yeah. houses, and it's only going to get more streamlined. So, like science fiction becomes science fact, and then science fact makes more science fiction. And totally. and I think Star Trek is 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 a vehicle that has allowed so many geniuses to be able mm-hmm. to explore their ideas. And I, I don't know if we would have that if we didn't have this show. I mean, right. not I next generation, 100%. but like the Star, the Star Trek franchise. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like the iPad <clears throat> basically came about yeah. because Star Trek was like, what if we had a computer that was just like a piece of paper? Yo, right? Or like yeah. the Apple Watch or <laughs> Tricorders. <laughs> the one thing that I phones. noticed that was so weird when I was watching this episode, <clears throat> but just TNG in general, is how comfortable it feels for them to look down at their their uh, data pads and i was like oh yeah they're just on their data pad which is basically a phone yeah but mm-hmm. they didn't have them for 20 years before. but it aged so well <laughs> like did. i'm imagining like i didn't watch these when these came out i'm i'm a little little baby but like uh i'm imagining somebody watched them when they came out i was like oh man fucking data pad like that's sick but now like watching it i'm just like yeah it's like a phone they, it aged very well. It's when like, yeah, it normal. happened, they had beepers. And yeah, to yeah. get people to have beepers, they had a whole campaign where it's like, you don't have to be a drug dealer or a doctor to have a beeper. You could be like <laughs> a kid at school. I remember those like commercials vividly. So if you're talking about like these pads and communicators, yeah. like these cell phones were like bigger than your forearm. Like when yeah, they first yeah. came out, like, so how they would <laughs> came out with all this is just unbelievable. Like it's Apple incredible. should be paying them rights. That's all I got to right? say. For real. Absolutely. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we, we rank, uh, our episodes, which we'll do towards the end of the episode on a, a, a patent pending system. Uh, we've sent it into the U S patent office and we're waiting <laughs> on that patent to come in and we call it the Drask system. And that stands for, Dialogue, romance, action, suspense, camp, and stakes. Nailed it. I love that. We had to have some sort of like something to rate these on. We couldn't just be like, love that episode, give it a five. That's how I like to rank them. I just say, good, thumbs up. (laughs) We do have that. We do have that as an alt. We do ask. We do. We do. If you would just watch it or not. Yeah. Uh, Um, So, um, you know, I'm so thrilled about today. I'm so pumped. And so and we like to we like to move ourselves into the episode, Shem, okay. by by like saying our name. You can you'll catch on as we do it. So <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Jan. Do it, Jan. Do it, Jan. 
Let's embark on our trek to the Titanic. And then, like, cool music. You believe these simulations to be this real? Much of it is real, sir. I disengage the safety protocols. Not that even a holographic bullet can kill. It's all a holographic simulation. Please enter program. I was thinking of something a little more intimate. Program complete. You may enter. I see in the notes that you didn't put music by oh no but oh my god i no no, no but i want to i want to guess before uh shem okay. on the show we're really like really into the composers who do the music for the episodes we yeah. love them we have yeah. nicknames for them um and i'm gonna put ten dollars down that this is ronnie J. our good friends ron jones ron, good ron jones joint and i think it's a ron six. jones i yeah. think so because there is a little bit of uh like a little bit of hits of that like uh, the synth. Maybe I could be wrong, though. I, I don't okay. know. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm going to look it up. Does anybody else have a, another guess? Oh, um, I was... Yeah, Ron Jones makes sense. But <laughs> I guess McCarthy, maybe. Is McCarthy? Um, it's Denny Mac. McCarthy. It's Denny yeah. Mac. It's, yeah. it's Denny Mac. Denny yeah. Mac. Yeah, he was doing it really consistently this era. Because, he, you know, he ended up doing the Generation soundtrack as well. And a lot mm. of DS9. Okay. Uh, so, but right. yeah, uh, I'm curious to what sections you felt like were very Ron Jones. You said synthy. I just synthy heard bits. it was just like a little uh, tinge of some synths in the background, and mm-hmm. I think it was near the end. Um, but I feel like somebody must have made an executive decision, and I'm I mean that literally, like an executive made the decision <laughs> of we're gonna tone down the Ron Jones style, very original series style stuff, and we're gonna go into a more subdued. Yeah, kind. it's unfortunate. Yeah, uh, we, so yeah, Shem, we we love when a composer just goes ham. He goes wild on an episode. And <laughs> yeah, just, like, I understand that. Like composes it like a movie, and yeah. then we think Ron Jones generally does that. He, with his he, I feel like he like did it, and he he asked for forgiveness rather than permission. Whereas like Denny <laughs> Mac, Dennis McCarthy, uh, what we call him, Denny Mac. Denny Mac, um, He he does do it when he's allowed to. Like an mm-hmm. Armand Bashir, for example. Oh, he, he like, banger, he, yeah. Yeah, banger of a, a soundtrack. Banger, banger, um, banger. This episode was uh, written by Rene Echevarria, mm-hmm. who is Cuban-American. I, I like to note that because so often we complain about how freaking white, white man, yeah. white duty these these shows are. And, you know, he's he's been nominated for Hugo Awards, Peabody Awards, oh. uh, which is really cool. And a little fun fact about him is that he actually has stated he prefers to write... Deep Space Nine characters over TNG characters because he's it's like easy for him to figure out what they would say to each other. Whereas mm-hmm. TNG characters mm-hmm. are all like superheroes basically in their per- perspective. The best of the best. Yeah, yeah, there's the best of everything that they do. I mean, I can see that Deep Deep Space Nine like does such a good job at like uh, imbibing those characters with like their point of view and how they see the world and like. It's not just about what's going on on the ship. It's about these characters and living in these characters, which you get that in other Star Trek, of course. Mm-hmm. But Deep Space Nine, really I think Deep Space Nine also is. I mean, it's kind of just the entire premise is like a Casablanca, where all these different cultures roam yeah. together and are equals. And I think that is 
you know, that's an important aspect. Also, I think some of the best Klingon stories ever written are in Deep Space yes. Nine. Absolutely. Yeah. We we've talked about that before, <laughs> how they like they make Klingons way what like their their lore is so interesting. Oh in yeah. I mean, I, I I keep trying to tell my wife who's only on next gen uh second season that I'm <laughs> like, you don't have any idea about Klingons yet. Yeah, like you have just no wait. idea. You think Klingons are just Worf who tapes uh, phasers underneath tables all the time. <laughs> just you wait. Hey, that's my favorite moment. You stole my favorite moment. If you really episode. end up loving Klingons after you watch Deep Space Nine, just don't watch Discovery. Just don't watch. They bastardize them so much. <laughs> it is a huge regression. Huge regression. This is directed by Alexander Singer. Um, 22 episodes of Star Trek. 22 episodes. That's yeah. a pretty good chunk. Pretty good. It's not like yeah. David Le- Le- Livingston levels, but pretty high. No. No. Um, what is like this little note here? Yeah. Jan, well, yeah. I, no, I saw it on Emory, Memory Alpha. We do like to give a little character and personality True to the directors is. when we yeah. can. Uh, <laughs> but apparently on Star Trek Voyager, Garrett Wong and Robert Picardo stated that instead of getting notes from him after takes, that Alexander Singer would just give them expressions. He would just <laughs> express at them. And that was how they would know that they're being too expressive in a scene. And to me, I love that. that so you much. like that? I, that sounds like a complete nightmare to me. Yeah. I mean, it's simple though. No, Imagine you're acting, yeah. you're doing stuff and you look over and, uh, uh Alex Singer is just like, and you're like, okay, all right. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, but you got to get simple. into the you got to get into the mindset of the actor who's making these choices, who has like sat there and like thought about it and been like, okay, I'm gonna make this choice. And then you look over and somebody's expressing at you, like it's almost like <laughs> they're making fun of what yeah. you just did. And you're like, okay, dude, just give me just say less. give me something other than that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it's it. The, it's the opposite <laughs> of um, emotion, uh, emotion, emotion. What, what, no, oh, what yeah. is it? <laughs> what did that guy say? And and energy, and, and, energy, and, energy, and, energy. That's what and, it is. And, Action. Yeah, there was a, a director. Who was the director for Star remember. Trek? No, yeah, he man, went. I, I'm being bad right now. I can't We're being that. so bad. Yeah, he would just like yell, "Energy, energy, energy, and 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 action!" for like every scene. <laughs> These guys are all so weird. I want to start I yelling that in life when I'm irritated with somebody, <laughs> like when I'm being bored. <laughs> like energy, energy, action, energy, energy, energy <laughs> action. <laughs> we got. Um, we got some guest star shout outs. We got Daniel Davis as Moriarty. Um, he played the commanding officer of the USS Enterprise in The Hunt for Red October and guest starred in the TV show Elementary as Anton Lagrange. Lagrange? I don't know. Lagrange. Lagrange. I just think it's funny that he was a commanding officer of the Enterprise. Right? And also he was on a show. Of Sherlock Holmes show, but and not as Sherlock right. Holmes or That's Moriarty. A, I like to think he auditioned for Moriarty, and they were like, oh, "I don't really think so." And then he came on Star Trek, and they're like, "You're the one." And he's like, <laughs> second, well, second time." Elementary came out like a few years ago. I oh think. yeah, I guess so, you're right. Never so mind. He, I feel like his he's agent was like, "Hey, buddy, you've got this." Like you're you were Moriarty on Star Trek. I think OG. this is you're gonna. You're gonna you're going to crush this. And he gets in and it's like, yeah, um, we could see you maybe as Antoine Lagrange. Uh, 
He's like, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I was Moriarty on TNG. Do you know who I am? Twice. (laughs) Hey, he was Moriarty more times than Jared Harris. Who's who's that? He was in the Robert Downey Jr. ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, He's a great character actor. You would know him when you see him. Okay. Stephanie Beecham was Re- Regina Bartholomew. I I gotta say, I would I used to live in Regina, Saskatchewan, and as a kid, having to tell people that I was from <laughs> Regina, uh, I often got some some light bullying for that when I lived in Memphis, some Tennessee. Light bullying. Uh, and when I first read her name, I thought it was going to be pronounced Regina because that is the coward's way to pronounce that word. <laughs> But no, the character is, she's like, I'm Regina. And you're like, yeah, she fucking is. Like, she, she is. that's Regina. She's a queen. She's a she's, queen. Yeah. Uh, and she was really wonderful in this episode, too. She was really. Yeah, yeah she was great. Uh, yeah. We've Every also bit got, the equal. We've also got our, our, our friend, not oh. our friend. We don't know this man, uh, but <laughs> we reverence his character a lot. Uh, Dwight Schultz says Reginald Barkley. Um or Barclay. Is it Barclay? Is that how you say it? It's say broccoli. Broccoli. <laughs> broccoli. <laughs> that is a joke uh, they say. They call him broccoli. It is. That's a joke. Yeah. It's Barkley. When, yeah. they, when they're all bullying Barkley and you're like, Jesus, guys, what's going on? Why you you can't call him broccoli? Um a trivia. You guys wonder why Barkley had a holodeck uh, uh like um obsession. Yeah. Uh, addiction. Yeah. Because you bullied him so much. He's like, I'm getting out of here. I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Hide in the holodeck. <laughs> uh, I have a trivia question I, that I don't know the answer to, but um, how many episodes of TNG and Voyager has Reginald Barrockley Bar- Bar- been in? <laughs> That's a have great question. I'm, I'm going to say, I mean, a minimum... I would say a minimum of maybe nine. Yeah, I was gonna say ten because I think he's been it. in like at least four. Yeah, but of it, Voyager. But it shows you I mean, how great the character is. Is the fact yeah, that he's. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, you want to blow your mind? Let's think. How many episodes was Q in? Right. Like, is it nine? You is know, it like nine episodes. How on earth can an actor be that good? And you're like, <laughs> you know, you're like. I mean, forever imprinted in your brain. I think yeah. John Delancey has gone and said, like, it's really weird because for me, that was like nine days of work or like nine <laughs> weeks of work in my life. Not even probably, right? Yeah. Because it's like oh nine God. episodes, but he's iconic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's great. It's really great. Uh, I do happen to know the answer because I, I read these memory this. alpha things. Yeah. But um, Barkley is in five episodes of The Next Generation. And yeah. seven episodes of Voyager. Wow. He's in, he's more, in more Voyager episodes of Voyager. Than, yeah. That's crazy. And that he's is... in the first contact movie. Oh god, that's, that's so crazy. nuts, isn't it? That is nuts. <laughs> well, he's, he's the so reason good. why Voyager gets it's... home, basically. He's yeah. the reason like Voyager even has a chance at coming back. Because well, like... there's that whole episode where he yeah, he recreates Voyager on the holodeck, the holodeck. and his friends. Oh man, it's so good. He's right. There's so he's much like... untapped Voyager holodeck episodes <laughs> that I think we're just like I guess we should probably do more Voyager because there's just it's so dense of with holodeck holodeck stuff. stuff. Yeah. So, so uh, Shem was saying uh, when I asked him to do the podcast, uh, he I was like, "Do you have any favorite holodeck episodes?" 
and he said the Moriarty episode. And he was just, he was thinking of the first Moriarty episode, <laughs> the episode that Moriarty was in. But I only remembered this Moriarty episode. I didn't remember the first Moriarty episode. I didn't episode. realize so I was that. Like, That's awesome. That makes me so happy. <laughs> so I was like, of course he means ship in a bottle. Yeah. So let's do ship in a bottle. <laughs> Shem, why did you pick... Well, why did you pick the first one and then we Darius picked this one? Yeah. Why did you pick the first one? Because why, why is this one of your faves? I, I actually, I think they're I, they both for the same reason. Are, I mean, this one uh, the this one is even more um, compelling, but mm-hmm. it's a human story. And what they do with Moriarty is they take one of the I, one of the all time iconic villains in in fiction history. And not only do they make him likable, but you you empathize with him about how horrible it would be to have a, your reality shattered and realize yeah. that like you're nothing but a page in a book. And for them to make you understand that and then give him a redemption story of like, I'm going to trust you. Even though I'm a villain, and even though you can't trust me, I'm going to trust mm-hmm. you. I think it's just a beautiful statement. Yeah. And, totally. and in this episode, he's like, hey, what the <laughs> fuck? <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I trusted you. You didn't call me for four, <laughs> four years, years, Mr. Picard? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's so well put. I actually kind of got chills when you, when you, the way you described that, Shem, the sort of the humanity of it and the trust of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest strength of the holodeck. I think exactly totally. what you said is like when people are like, uh, a holodeck episode, I want space stuff. I'm like, the holodeck, yeah, it's so ripe for, yeah, like uh, all the true science stuff. fiction, yeah. hum, like human commentary. Yeah. I, I, another thing that I, I, I noticed, uh, which um, is like just a side factor, which I didn't remember from the first time. I actually noticed it the second time that I watched uh, the new episode that we're talking about, is that their entire premise is going into a place where two worlds are merging and they eventually mm-hmm. become a star, something brighter oh. than they are. That metaphor oh, was definitely intended. Like that wasn't an accident. Oh, you know, yeah, and, the fact, that. and that's the thing about Star Trek <laughs> that blows my mind is like, I can watch these episodes 40 million times. And then it's like going to Disneyland, you know, like you look around Disneyland and all of a sudden you see this like little piece of art that you've never seen before. And you're like, how did I miss that? It's I right there. That. And I, I mean, it, it's so poetic. Another thing I caught yeah, yeah. within this episode that I thought was really um, absolutely moving is that you, the fact that they, they bring they always bring science back into it. I don't know if you caught the thing, the 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 you have to like release like get the Heisenberg coupling. Do you yeah. guys know who Heisenberg is? Oh uh, he- yeah, he's that dude from Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> the easy one, yeah. The real layup, right? Yeah, there. I know. I, was like, I gotta be the first one. I gotta be the first one because they're gonna say it. <laughs> Heisenberg is uh is actually the man who invented quantum physics he was the one who thought of quantum physics and i'm like these motherfuckers are taking quantum physics in a real setting and they're still giving credit to the person it's like yeah it's just madness you don't get that kind of stuff look i love star trek and i love star wars and i'm i'm like not monogamous i love them both equally like anything nerd i'm into 
that you're not going to get that kind of quality from a Star Wars story. Star yeah, Wars yeah. is going to be about interpersonal relationships and love stories. You know, right. but when you're having like somebody like, you know, talking about a physics paper that like maybe four people on <laughs> Earth read, you know, it's like, you know, well, it's like it's a whole other thing. I like to distinguish the two for me is like uh, Star Trek is like truly science fiction and Star Wars for me is science fantasy. Yeah. It has no basis in reality. It's just this like it's fun space shit and I'm, I'm I fuck with it. But Star Trek is really steeped in like real science. I love that perspective so much. I am definitely going to use I'm going to I'm going to borrow that from you. That's a great way of yeah. describing both both properties. Except for Discovery. Discovery kind of is. It doesn't know what it wants to be. It just doesn't know what it wants to be. I know a lot of people right now are 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 having a lot of trouble with discovery. I'm loving it because like I was so I was so angry that I'm like, let me get this right, CBS. Like I bought all your action <laughs> figures, I bought oh. the DVDs, I bought all the Blu-rays after you decided to, you know what I mean? Like all the special yeah, yeah. the films, you know what I mean? Like I got clothes, I got a Star Trek robe. And you're gonna make me pay for a Star Trek TV show? Like God I, damn totally, I totally tapped out. And then those yeah. assholes put it on regular TV and I saw one episode. I'm like, oh god damn it. Yeah, I'm motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Pull me back <laughs> in. I'm like, we, son of a bitch. We love we actually are loving we loved the third season. The third season. Don't, don't yeah, say I'm on, se- I'm on second season, so don't, don't say yeah. anything, but I'm We're I'm absolutely no. loving it. Like we we won't. Uh, we we had issues with the first two seasons, <laughs> to say the least. We'll leave it at that. The second season <laughs> has we'll a lot of that. really bright spots. There's one episode. I don't know how far. Don't you're say anything. In. He's on the second season. You're on the second <laughs> season. It's like the second episode. I will. Have you seen the second episode? I have seen the second episode. That's the one where I think they go to that Earth, the the human planet. <gasps> Oh yeah, that one's good. That one's good. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a classic that, track uh, episode. That, really that, right that, that was that was yeah. a classic episode. Yeah. Not, and not like, to, like I, I'm also not only do I love the whole idea of um, are we allowed to do spoilers here or how does this work? Oh yeah, uh, okay. Uh, um, we're gonna give a spoiler alert right now, and if you don't want to hear it, <laughs> yeah. stop listening. Go ahead. There, there's two things that I love. I mean, like the whole aspect of giving Sarek. Uh, and the the Michael story, I think, is really intelligent, and um, and I like how complicated that becomes. I don't want to give that away because I think that's really special. But also mm-hmm. the casting of I don't I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who's playing Pike, who was in Hell on Wheels, so good, oh, Mountain Mountain Mountain. dude. Yeah. Like if they did, if they do an entire like if they just do like an early Enterprise of that, they're doing. Oh God! It. Don't say that. They're are doing they really it. doing it? They They're are. doing it. Yeah, it's shooting it right now. Yeah, it's it's Anson Mount. Uh, he's playing Pike, and they have Spock, and then they have uh, Number One, and it's just going to be Strange New Worlds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Rebecca I Romaine. Was, and, I had no um, idea. I'm so excited. Greg Peck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad we could. I'm glad we could tell you. That. I am so <laughs> yeah. excited. That one's going to be. Yeah, that one's going to be great. Uh, yeah. Real quick, I, so. this has been so great. Uh, I do want to just like. For, just do knock two things out, and then we're gonna Let's get back it. right into Let's it. Let's do it. First yeah. off, um, would you guys recommend watching this episode exclusively for the holiday con- content? Yes, there's uh, like two minutes of non-holiday content. You can't get content. away from it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the whole freaking thing is holiday content. So yeah, dude. That's the biggest spoiler there. Absolutely. Um, uh, second, uh, Shem, would you be open to doing a thirty-second recap of this episode for us? Okay. So we can. What, how are we gonna count this off? Is it like okay? So the moment you start talking, 
Okay. Uh, giving the recap, Here. we'll time it out. Okay. Are you I'm down gonna, for that? I'm going to, okay. Three, two. <laughs> so Wait, Jan, are you ready? I just want to make sure I'm you're ready. ready. The, the timer ready? is okay. pulled up. So, right, Shem, right, right, okay. right. best of luck. Live Whenever you're ready. Three, long and prosper. two, one. We go back into like season two. Moriarty is like, he's given the data. Data is like, I need a challenge. Just make data like a challenge. Oh, Moriarty comes in and he's super smart and he gains consciousness. Then he decides to like stay inside the computer and wants to live forever. But then they forget about him for like literally four seasons. <laughs> Come down to like this new season. Moriarty comes back. He's like, man, I'm a, I'm all by myself. I'm totally alone. I need my bitches. Bring back my and bitches. Stop. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Here's the thing. You ended while you may not have recapped the whole episode. You ended you with a great line. You ended up with a great line, Fine. which is, "I want some bitches. I need my bitches. I need, I need my bitches." bitches. Uh, I failed beautiful. and succeeded. Succeeded yes, all totally. the same thing. That's great. What you succeeded in? What you succeeded in? Which uh, I think is important if somebody hasn't watched the the prequel to this which we will eventually yeah. is giving us context for why this episode happened and yeah. i think that's great we well, um, you also succeeded in the great line we like to like we like to call it the tuvok bangs moment cuz when we watched <laughs> tuvok's uh, pond far the first thing we got in there was like tuvok bangs and then we just got into everything else we were like better get rid of <laughs> if anybody bangs it has to feature in the in the <laughs> Uh, Moriarty presumably does bang when he yeah. gets put shoved into a holograph hologram cube, a holodeck presumably. cube, a computer, a basically cube? a tiny. Basically, computer. real, real quick, Moriarty pissed off, captures <laughs> Data and Picard in the holodeck, and uh, and takes control of the ship because he tricks Picard into giving him the. The command codes. He just wants to be a real boy. He just wants to come out of the holodeck. Um, they basically trick him into thinking he got out of the holodeck, and they put him on a shuttlecraft and send him away. And they put him in this little, uh, like basically, uh, mini holodeck program that Barclay is going to carry around with him for the rest of his life. Nailed it. I mean, there is something also this wildly tragic about the idea of being in prison knowing yeah. that you're a fictional character and waiting and understanding the passage of time. I thought that was like really terrifying <laughs> to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Shem, uh, that, that really leads into like the, the first thing that I thought about when I was watching, rewatching this episode is I realized that this is kind of like Picard's con. Yeah. Because in the original series, Kirk, you know, basically yeah. he defeats Khan. Khan takes over the enterprise Kirk finds a way to get it back, and Kirk is like, you know what? I can't kill you, but I'm going to put you on this planet, and we'll come back. And yeah. he doesn't, and then Khan comes back, and he's like, yo, the what fuck? the fuck? <laughs> and, you know, as we know, Wrath of Khan happens. Yeah. In this oh episode, it's the Picard version of it. Picard's I like, that. I didn't think about that either. I totally fucked up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it sounds like you're real life right now. Um that's our bad. We want to do this right. So we're going to figure things out. You know, like Picard does it the Picard way. He tries to be chill about it. But be Moriarty, <laughs> once again, is like, yo, though. <laughs> um, and, and what this made me think is like, ultimately, they kind of come up with an okay solution. But yeah. it's still a prison. Yeah. We mm -hmm. know that 
a few years later, Voyager figures out how to get a holodeck character the ability to walk around. <laughs> That's true. So, <laughs> so does Barkley like dust off that little thing and is like, "Hey Moriarty, we figured it out. Here's a mobile emitter. Um, turn out the fuck things up." To be fair, but though, also we lied Voyager, to you. <laughs> Voyager like just like sweeps all that under the rug by saying like, "This is future technology. We don't know how to replicate it." Right? Yeah, <laughs> the 29th right, right. century or whatever it is yeah. technology. Um, uh, the other thing I was thinking about is when the Enterprise crashes in Generations, does like how long has Barkley just held on to this thing, this little <laughs> computer? Like, did he forget it? Is it still on there? Like, I'm liked- thinking there needs to be a Star Trek movie. In the vein of Wrath of Khan, where somebody like goes through the the rubble of the Enterprise <gasps> D and is like, what is this? Moriarty. What is this thing? And then like I... unleashes Moriarty somehow. Holy shit! God. And then we have Wrath of Khan, but it's Moriarty's like, I can't fucking believe what you guys did <laughs> to me. You tricked me again. You tricked me again. My wife, Regina, died. <laughs> I like to believe that. Barclay sent it like they had to like send it to Starfleet and Starfleet had to put it in their like X-Files basement yep. where everything like, <laughs> their, their oh Indiana my, Jones like the Indiana Jones yeah. Lock. <laughs> yeah so when we do our radio drama of the NX Files Moriarty's gonna come back and have his Wrath of Khan moment because yeah. someone's gonna find because him in the basement of Starfleet some some like yeah bad guy who's been wronged is gonna break into the the you know the closet and dust it off and be like i found you and set him free and it's gonna get crazy Uh, i also want to point out i think this is uh picard's best jacket i know the leather one is good but i love the corduroy one way better that's a big winner his relaxed jacket yeah we like to we touch we like to talk about how every star trek series gets to season five six and seven and at that point they let the captains just get do whatever the fuck (laughs) <laughs> just get real like yeah. loose with their clothing yeah and we're like in voyager janeway's wearing like tank tops all the time in, in yeah. the original series you got like shatner walking around in like open flowy stuff <laughs> like i feel like that's the part of the, the contract negotiation around season five it's like yeah i want five grand more an episode and um i can't wear this fucking uniform anymore. <laughs> something that breathes jesus christ and they they come on set and the rest of the crew's like oh fuck man i should have got that in my contract i can't <laughs> believe i forgot about the jacket thing <laughs> jason what the hell yeah it's like it's like Mulgrew the new got captain a, a tank top new captain gets off to the captain's chair and they like call up like picard or somebody and they're like hey uh so they offered me a captain's chair like what do i what do i do and the captain's like one thing you need to do is make sure after the fourth season you get whatever you want when it comes to the costume that's the secret that's the secret yeah um Uh, it looks so comfy I also love it the be- right at the beginning of this episode when they're doing the Sherlock Holmes thing with Data and and uh, Jordy, <clears throat> and they're basically like, Data's like, I, I didn't let me win, Jordy. Why didn't he let me win? <laughs> and they're like, uh, it must be broken. I don't know. It didn't let you win. Like, <laughs> it's so inconceivable. <laughs> Dude, I feel so bad for Jordy who goes on the playing these video game sessions with Data because he's just, it really is like Watson 
to his homes and it's just like yeah. I have no idea. You're like 95 steps ahead of me, buddy. And and basically, and how funny is this? Like when when they realize that they're in the holodeck, that the entire ship is a holodeck, they dismiss Jordy and he looks sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And he walks in that weird corner. Like, yeah. Holodeck He's Jordy like, is like oh. a bad dog yeah. enjoying <laughs> the corner. Well, I also love that like in that moment they start talking about Jordy and they cut to him and he's just like blank. Yeah, just like looking up at the ceiling or something. And he's like, like a fucking Westworld robot. Like, <laughs> doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, go away, Jordy. Okay. And he likes silly ones. This is a really, really well written episode. Yeah. And mm-hmm. nothing is wasted. They brought back the handedness bit from the beginning of the episode. So Data tosses a thing at right. the character he's talking to, catches it with the wrong hand. They do that with Jordy, and it's like, fuck, that's so simple yeah. and visual and just very tight. Great work, Renee Echevarria. So mm-hmm. um, I love that kind of storytelling. There's another bit, too, um, where Moriarty is asking Picard, like, hey, can you promise me? Can I ask you for a favor, like one last time? And it cuts to Picard, and Picard doesn't say anything. And it goes yeah. back to Moriarty. And I feel like now we just can't help ourselves. We have to have answer- characters say subtext out loud all the mm-hmm. time yeah mm-hmm. they just took a moment there's just like four or five seconds where picard's like this guy isn't based on an evil villainous hologram i can't yeah. make a promise like that uh mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah that's it's a so really great point anyways i've talked for a long time but those are no, things no, i really like about this episode some of the things um, that i really enjoyed uh specifically was there was one dude this is, has nothing to do with the episode but perfect when wharf is like they're telling Worf like to check something and there's some force fields up and Worf is working on something and there's a couple security guides with them. Oh, thank you. There's this one thank dude you. who's off to thank the right you. and he's got a stick and he's just like poking <laughs> the uh <laughs> the force field. And you can see in his face, like on set, no force field. He's just like huh? I Am I did I get it right? And he's kind of looking off to the left, and I'm assuming he's looking at somebody we- going like Right there, that's the spot. We must, we must have the. I mean, we're brothers, so uh, that exact, that exact uh, scene. I was thinking the exact same thing, and I was watching it, and my girlfriend was watching it with me, and I was like, "That guy, right there, to the left," and I like pointed him out. I'm like, "Look at him," and she was like, "Oh, he's like, <laughs> what did they teach me in acting school? Okay, the, the wall is right." Here, I, I want right. to think here. Backstory. that guy. That guy has on his resume miming. He took a miming class in right. college in acting school, and he's and, he, and, and the audition for this really simple little bit, the extras bit, or like they're call, they're doing roll call for the extras, right? And like, hey, does anybody done like miming? We just gotta get somebody to pretend that they're. It's like, I got it. I got it. I can do this. I can. I, I can imagine a force field. What do, what do you need? I can do I, this. I can do this. And he's like going crazy. Like, yeah, we're just going to give you a stick and you just got to make sure that you don't go past a certain. I was like, oh, no problem. Have, no problem. I no problem. so have this. I, I, like, so have this. <laughs> I like to think that he like, he petitioned the director to be like, no, I don't need the stick. No, it's cool. I can do it with my hands. Well, we need you to <laughs> have do, the stick. No, it's a stick. You're trying it's to a visual like, effect. 
Yeah, no, but this yeah. might look cool. This might look no, better. No, no. But <laughs> what we need you to do is we need you to really emphasize when you touch the, so we can put the visual effect. And he's like, I got it. I'm on it. So, I totally know what I'm doing. Like the, for, the, the force field is right here. It's right here. No, no, don't walk through it. It's right here. The, the first take, this guy goes nuts. He goes crazy. He does the whole thing. Dorn is like amazed. He like a tear rolls down his cheek and he looks over at the director and Alexander Singer just goes. He does an expression. <laughs> yeah, gives him an expression. <laughs> does a weird expression. Fuck. Oh, incredible. Fuck. Did it wrong. And then he, he turns around. He turns around. He goes, what, what, what is that? And Michael Dorn's like, yeah, he didn't like it. He didn't like he it. He just didn't like it. He just, sorry. <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, I just want to say, I, I want to commend the, the, the spectrum of notes that or like things that we've observed. We have stick pokey guy. <laughs> and then we have Shem being like, hey, the binary, the, the, the gas giants fusing together into a star is a metaphor for the new reality that is created by this episode. That is the spectrum, spectrum of discourse that we have on this. I love this is why I love Star Trek so, so much. much. Yeah. Is that God. yeah, you can have fun with the dude spo- poking the fucking the the force field and it's really incredible storytelling Absolutely. at the same time. It which is, is just beautiful. Wonderful in that yeah. way. <clears throat> by the way, uh, that reminds me, uh Shem, like you pointed that out um I, I, I want to praise TNG for doing it, and TNG does a very good job of it consistently. Uh, we've watched a lot of Voyager episodes recently, and our biggest complaint about them is, like, the space stuff has nothing to do thematically with what's happening in the holodeck. It's so frustrating. Yeah. It's, an, it's like it's, it's low-hanging fruit. You should just make it thematically support, you know, the other piece. Yeah. You should, and it really it just, feels yeah. like Voyager uh, – a lot of Voyager holodeck episodes were those like, shit. We need a we need an episode for this week Pull that we just haven't planned. Um, uh, take this uh, spec script that we have and we meld it with this space stuff that we have, and and, and now we have an episode. Anything? Oh man, we haven't even. I'm, I'm proud of us for not even comparing it to Inception yet. But I was going to say, we okay, so he, okay, about that, I had never seen this episode before. So I was riveted, you know, and, you know, uh, 25 minutes in or whatever, however long in, they're like, we're in a simulation. And I was like, oh, man, like they, they did the thing. They did the, ma- they did the Matrix thing and the Inception thing before those existed. Yeah. Uh, which is with, with one hundredth of the budget. Oh, yeah, either right. of those things. So I had seen the episode, but it had been so long that I remembered that they were in the first Inception holodeck, and I forgot about the second Inception holodeck. And so when Data's telling them about the Heisenberg uh, stuff, and then Moriarty goes and tells Holodeck Riker, which I didn't realize was Holodeck Riker, about the Heisenberg stuff, I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, they have like a I'm uh, in trouble, but I can't tell you I'm in trouble uh, code, which is this Heisenberg thing that Data told them about. And it's this code word that when they say Heisenberg, then like now uh, Riker's going to know that like they're in trouble and this is all a ruse. 
nope, I was completely fooled. <laughs> <laughs> it's it it's great it's it's so wonderful in art when as an audience member you're experiencing the same thing that a character is yeah and one of the magic tricks of this episode is you're experiencing it as moriarty which i think is what kind of you were getting at chem with your description like we empathize we we sympathize yeah with Moriarty because we're experiencing the same thing that he is we're trapped in this weird simulation with him by the, at the end of it. We have been hoodwinked in the way that he has been hoodwinked. That's uh, crazy. It's so good. And I, I feel bad. Like I could not, but I, I, I felt bad for him even with their solution. Yeah. Of putting him in, in his own universe. And they try to wink like, you know, maybe we're in a simulation right now. Looking at, like, directly line. into the camera. Yeah, I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> it made me think is, of uh, Men in Black. Oh, the fucking the it's at the second one or whatever yeah with the marbles or whatever barkley uh with his spinning the top inception ending like a uh, computer and program <laughs> Which, oh i wanted to point out this is a very interesting uh, at least for me um that shot was so weirdly framed when he says it he was like a uh, computer and program and half of his head was cut off i was like they were probably like Maybe. end of day shooting had like they like got one take of this because they were all super tired or something like that and then they went back and saw the daily and they're like oh, we didn't frame it right like he, half of his head's cut off because they they framed it for everyone else in frame and not Barkley and then everyone left and now he's in frame yeah and I was like and that's the only shot they had and they had to use it because there's no way that they would have used that shot if they had a different one like it would yeah. be do you how would you shoot it I would shoot it wide I would shoot it super wide to give the feeling like, oh, it's going to disappear and you're going to see the holodeck. Yeah. yeah. You make it look mm -hmm. like those weird shots that you're like, something's off about this. I think the background's going to disappear or something, yeah. you know? Right. Definitely. And then it doesn't. That's how I yeah. would shoot it. How? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's another. I'd probably do the same. Yeah. I think that's, I think you're right. I think that's the way to shoot it. <laughs> I also just would like to point out that those shuttle bay doors are fucking tiny, man. Uh, when they're like going out, the, they're like, <laughs> give us, a, give me a shuttlecraft. And they're like, open the shuttle bay doors. And I was like, that thing is like a fucking, how do you even get through that thing? It's tiny. And they, they have their little, tiny little console in the shuttle bay that they're standing by. Yeah. I, I love yeah, the, the shuttle the, 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 the space, you know, so the good. actual physical dimensional space in these starships are much more compressed than they are in the Discovery yeah. era, which mm -hmm. I actually kind of appreciate. Like, you know, this is just... We can fit three shuttles in here. That's perfect. We'll just the doors will be open. But that's the thing is the Enterprise is fucking massive, man. I watched a whole video about how big it is compared to other starships. And the thing is like the Titanic. It's like it's huge. So they probably could fit. They probably have a bunch of those little tiny ones. Well, there are every, multiple yeah. shuttle bays in, in the Enterprise D. Uh, yeah, there course. are multiple shuttle bays. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Accessing Starfleet Archives, USS Enterprise D, 10 forward. Simulating. You may now enter the holodeck. Uh, hey, per uh, hey, hey, Lopec. Oh, hey, 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 Shem. Ah, I'm sorry. It's crowded just... 10 forward today, isn't it? So yeah. many people. Yeah. Uh, yeah computer, computer and program. What are you doing? Tom, oh, are you God, trying to God. end this program? 
I guys, I'm having a hard time telling if I'm in a if I'm in a holodeck simulation or not. Why? You, you know how uh, you know the story of Mor- Moriarty that just happened. Yeah. And how? Uh, yeah, I read the how, reports. I'm yeah, how current, Picard? Yeah. How Picard like uh, outsmarted Moriarty? Mm-hmm. I thought it would be a really funny joke to play on you guys if we were like within a holodeck within the holodeck. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've been experimenting with holodeck within holodeck within holodeck stuff and i think i've gone down the rabbit hole a little too far and now i just don't know what's real and what's not well tom obviously all of us are froze (laughs) that is a human (laughs) style joke we were all discussing it earlier we were saying we get you we get you because we we have noticed how much time you have been spending in the holodeck Mm -hmm. and actually Pert and I snuck in mm-hmm. and we saw that you were it was just another door of a holodeck and we went in there and then there was another door and we realized what you were doing and that is quite dangerous Tom yeah, and you pulled really you pulled dangerous. Shem into this you got Shem to do this with with you guys mm-hmm. like it's not my fault Tom I'm telling you if this was a holodeck program I would be literally 300 pounds lighter so you're in reality yeah, but the truth is the, the truth is you know, we wanted to have an intervention because we have seen a lot of strange behavior. Yeah, you've been you've been doing a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, in engineering earlier, uh, when Jordy, when Commander LaForge gave you that order, you just yelled "computer and program," and well, then yeah. you you turned around and left your shift. That's just an order that Jordy would never normally give me. Like it, it had a lot of responsibility involved in it. Like he wanted me to actually like uh, rotate the warp core, basically. And I've never give, been given that much responsibility. So there's no way that could have been real. But every Tom, week you send a request to be allowed to do something or have more responsibility. Yes, I know. Tom, I here's know. the thing: you have a problem, and it's okay. You. You just you're you're working too hard. You're working speaking, too hard. Admitting that you have working. a problem is part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And the first step. You're right, I think Jim, the biggest right. you know problem that you have, Tom, is like what I caught you doing with like the photon torpedoes. Look, I'm not gonna like tell the rest of the crew, but like we're here oh. having this intervention trying to help. What was that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. You know what? We don't have to bring up the photon fo- photon torpedo incident. <laughs> I. I may have or may have not. Um, hey, Lovick, what the fuck, man? What are you doing? Whoa! Where did you, whoa. What are you doing? Where did you uh, get I that phaser? How, how does that feel? How does that feel when Stop I pull it. a phaser from out under the table? Uh, wait, it's what's scary. the fuck? Are there phasers under the table? Yes, I, I, I recently Holy shit, was speaking. there's like 11 under here. Why are there so many fucking phasers what? under the table? Well, Lieutenant, Command, uh, Lieutenant Worf uh, has made it a new policy to, put a fa- to tape a, a phaser... Un- under every single surface just in case something goes wrong because as you know we don't all wear belts with phaser clips on them right. you have to ha- you also have to have like you have to be licensed within starfleet to carry a phaser you don't get, oh, get to whoa. carry a phaser guys you can have a phaser whenever put the phasers down put the phasers down tom we're not putting the phasers down until you admit at least that you do have an issue that you yeah. need to resolve i do I've been spending Tell too us. much time in the holodeck. I know, I know. Whoa, okay. At least put them on stun. At least put them on oh, stun. I don't know how to work. These are new models, actually. I don't know how to work these models. ones. Maybe I, I should have a problem, these. okay? Okay. And I, computer arch. Computer arch. Tom, 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 hey, man. You what? need, come here. You need, you just go keep, home. 
Thank just you. Just relax. I it's just okay. need a hug. Yeah, it's all right, Thank buddy. Pert, uh, Pert, did you just fall asleep on me? Oh, hey, Pert, hey, Pert. bud, what's up? Why are you so tired? Yeah, what's going on? I've, oh, man, guys, I gotta tell you, last night was rough. I had dinner with with uh, Meredith, and I From fell asleep. And, yeah, in is the that middle. your new holodeck girlfriend? Yeah, I spent the last like twenty hours trying to figure out how to get her out of the holodeck. Because the whole Moriarty situation got my brain moving, and I was like, Is Maybe. that why you've been spending so much time in Transporter Bay 2? Yes, yes. And I thought I had it, but then it was only like her half of her hand with like a couple fingers, and I went oh, out God. to touch it, and then it disappeared. And, uh, it's re- well, that's why I'm glad that you brought this up, Pert, because Shem and I were talking about this, and we wanted to do an intervention for you. Yeah. Have tra- Spending Wait. all this time with these holiday hold girlfriends. Wait, no, hold, hey, you hold on, hold on. This is a t- whoa, this is hey, this is whoa. not a me problem. Whoa. Okay, this is to- this is Tom's intervention. Put the right? put put the put the phaser down. I have a phaser now too. Guys, okay, I, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe there shouldn't be phasers under the. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little I, too trigger happy. I'm sorry. You know what I'm they really say? Sorry. This is almost the good old fashioned Talaxian standoff. <laughs> what is a Talaxian? Some. I've never met them, but there's some in. Oh, okay. Okay. <sighs> I think I'm going to get some rest, guys. Uh, if I fall asleep during dinner again, Meredith is going to be really pissed at me. Does she have her fingers back is the thing? Did they? That's the they... worst part. She's missing three fingers now, and I don't know where they went. The fingers are just gone. Pert, you do know that when you... When a holodeck character leaves the holodeck, they cease to exist. So the fact that you tried to transport her fingers out of the holodeck... Wait, her fingers are gone? They to exist. Oh, shit. You'd have to reprogram her from the ground up to get her fingers back. And then she yeah. would not have any of the memories. I guess the question is, does she keep living without her three fingers? Or do I reprogram her? Then she'll lose all the... Ah, shit. Well, luckily, she doesn't live. She's not real. She's... She's, She's very real to me, okay? Very real to me, Lopek. Well, I think I, need a, some sleep. I think a cute pet name would be Nubbins. I mean, what's wrong with just keeping Ooh. her without fingers and calling her Nubbins? That See, that's what cute. I love about Lieutenant Chapman. He's always got these great solutions to yeah. all of our issues. The ever the optimist, right? Mm-hmm. Always. All right. Computer and program. Okay, that's... Dude, you it's can't, not. This is not a program. You can't That's end right. conversations like that. You just if, can't. if this were a program, when you say computer end program, it would just go disappear. Away. Guys, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna go. My shift starts in five. I'll, I'll, I'll see you guys next week. It's okay. o. It's o nine hundred. Your shift just ended, Tom. Computer end program. I I have to tape these phasers back under the. Wait, it was tape. I thought. Oh, it shit, was. yeah. Did you tape all these under here? Well, Ms. Lieutenant Worf did send me the task to do this, so yes. How many I, hours have you spent taping weapons underneath I, tables? I have spent my last two shifts just taping phasers under every surface. I gotta... This isn't really about the episode. I just kind of, like, had this question um, for Shem um, about action figures, actually. Um, we all know that, like, Star Trek... I mean, Star Wars was built around, like merchandising their all their stuff as well like yeah obviously they made 
the movies, but then the merchandising aspect of it was huge. Um, and I'm curious on what like the merchandising of Star Trek is because I don't, I didn't think it would necessarily be like on top of their mind as like let's it, let's really blow this out of merchandising. It, it wasn't, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, the yeah. first Star Trek only had three seasons. It was canceled after its third season. Um, yeah. And so it was the animated series that Mego bought the rights for. Uh, Mego is an action mm-hmm. figure company uh, known. Uh, they were at the time they were the um, the history of action figures went from twelve inch dolls to eight inch dolls, which are the Mego size, which were the standard yeah. for a while, down to the three and the, the three and three quarter inch, which is what the Star Wars size was Mm -hmm. which inevitably is why migo failed because they couldn't compete with the juggernaut that kenner had produced so the actual the actual action figures were done from the animated series as were the planet of the apes um migo made its name uh mainly with uh the world's greatest superheroes which was a combination of both dc and marvel characters which mm-hmm. you wouldn't really have today. Um, and ironically, Mego has just rebooted. They just started producing Whoa. again two years ago. Um, one of the co-founders got involved. And one of the things that they have done is they've made uh, a Saru um, and they're going to make a Pike Whoa. in the oh. scale of the uh, original like eight inch oh. Mego action figures. That's so that's cool. So cool. I have a question. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> I, maybe Please. you're not done. Um, that's see, there's I love when somebody's an expert in something because I always learn something so much. <laughs> and if you told me like what's an action figure, I would just say it's it's a toy of a person, <laughs> of a character, you know? That's an oversimplification, but that's what I would say. So is there um something behind so you're saying that the the size of Mego action figures was a little bit more than like the Star Wars kind. Am I oversimplifying? No, that? you're not oversimplifying. Okay. But they, just so you know, they did for, and this is why this is the hardest. One of my most prized possessions in the museum is the next uh, is the Star Trek, uh, the motion picture playset and figures because those were made in the three in the three quarter scale as as are uh, Star Trek three. Um, are also in that scale. Search for Spock, okay. Uh, for search for Spock. So you were going to ask another question. Well, no, I, I think that this is really, really interesting. And I want to I want to ask is, were they outcompeted because like when you're literally making something bigger, is it more costly to ship and to sell and to produce? Or is it because, you know, the that, three quarter size is perfect for kids' hands? Yeah, what is that, it? I mean, I, I, I think... It's pro- it's a little bit of all those things. One of the problems that Mego had in their original run is that they used a rubber band technology, which was uh, primarily used for dolls of its time, and those rubber bands uh, eventually disintegrated. So, b- but but they can last for a long time. If you come to the museum, you'll see my childhood toys, because I was one yeah, of those wow. weirdo kids who was like, "This means something." Like. This yeah, is more than a, this is like a sculpture. That's how I looked at it. I looked at it yeah. as an art form, not as just a toy. But I also sure. played with them, but I didn't play with other kids because they would fuck up my toys. And you that, trust them. And that yeah, gave me the ability, kids. actually, that gave me the ability to become a writer. 
Like if I didn't have that imaginative play by myself, I wouldn't have understood story structure and become you know where I am today, which I'm lucky about, you know, very lucky for. But um, back to what your the original question is that I literally think that Star Wars was such a giant phenomenon that everybody wanted to have their their figures playing together. So what's mm-hmm. happened now in contemporary action figure land is that the basic scale now is for the actual for most collectors is seven inches. And so mm-hmm. uh, the black series is seven inches. So if you look at if you come to like my museum, I've got yeah. a Star Trek case and a Star Wars case. And mm-hmm. those are for those seven inch scales, those are all perfectly playable because eventually that's what everybody wanted was having a unified scale to play with. But I mean, as yeah, you go cool. through the museum, you see, you know, you know, four inch figures and, you know, it, it, it jumps around, but for the big properties, yeah. they're seven inches pretty much where they've, they've stayed, you know, they, they, so I cool. take that back. They still have the three and three quarter inch, uh, that are being produced. I don't collect the new ones because they're not really made well. They're made of cheaper plastic. So it's it's challenging. You know, if I can get a seven inch thick, meaty Star Wars figure, that's mm-hmm. the way yeah. I'm going to go. Yeah. yeah. Is this kind of like, uh, I, lo- I like comparing things. To other, uh, <clears throat> is this kind of like vinyl versus like mp3s sort of thing like yeah the, oh, absolutely you know what? Like it just it feels better it's it, it feels right in the hand it, that there if you if i was to give you um let's say the original you know like 78 figures of star wars then give you the 90 reboot figures and then give you the prequel figures that were made you would be able to physically tell a difference between all of them just by weight you know, I love oh, wild. So that's man. crazy. But, th- you know, those things are, you know, to me, um, you know, action figures are a part of history and history is important. And having all these different types of constructions and thought process is all important to me. You know, like, you know, the, the Migo playset was a big deal because I'd never seen it in person until I got it recently as a gift for my birthday this year. Um, but thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) I'm, I'm older than God. God is like literally (laughs) God uses, he's like, Hey man, can I borrow your ID so I can get some beer? (laughs) It's like horrible. (laughs) Um, but I mean, I think within all this, like, points of articulation have gone from like almost no articulation to like, you know, you've got Japanese action figures that have like 32 points of articulation. It's, it's, a, it's extraordinary. So, Whoa. and all these give different capacities for different wants, depending on what people want to do with their, some people play with their action figures. Others like mm-hmm. me display them and play with them, you know, others keep them in the box and solve them, you know? And, and to yeah. me, to me, it's it's whatever you want to do. As long as you're yeah. appreciating them, I'm happy. Hell yeah. I think that I think that like because I, I just just came to me. I'm not going to say that this is something that I think all the time, but it's fascinating to me because the way you're describing action figures, I think it gives 
kids, not even just kids, but people in general, a way to interact with this, uh, this, um, this thing that they love, right? This, this intellectual property or this, this creative property that they've either grown up watching or they just found or whatever you're watching it on TV or you're watching it on the, on the movie screen, but this gives you a physical way to interact with this media and this, this story even that you've grown to love or love yeah. Um, and which I think is, is great. It's, yeah. It's creation. It yeah. is. And that's the most important part. And there was a time where they actually made illegal any figures based on cartoon properties or movie properties specifically because they're like, oh, you're just trying to sell and merchandise to kids. And it wasn't it. I, and that was such a horrible mistake because they're, they're, now we're starting to see more of these properties being made, but there was a giant chunk of history that was being missed because, you know, some parent group didn't understand it and thought that they were like manipulating people rather than looking at like what would be people like me, lifetime adult collectors that will be, you know, continuing to, I mean, you think it's fucking, you think it's bad now. Like I've got like, I've gotten like to the point where I'm getting mannequins and I'm dressing mannequins up in like costumes. <laughs> like once, yeah. once you start going life size, like there's no going back. I got like some knucklehead <laughs> over like in, in Florida right now, building me like a haunted carbonite, you know, you know, so it's like, I mean, maybe the parents were right. You know, maybe I'm like literally like the victim of like, you know, a capitalist like bombardment. I don't know, but I would never you know, want to change it in our improv bit. You were giving all of our characters interventions, but this is actually us giving <laughs> you an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the COVID um, version what? of intervention. Please come on our um, podcast. Yeah. Right? And let's have a talk with you. <laughs> you know, uh, like literally yeah, my, my wife's in all of your ears right now, like saying like, now talk about this aspect <laughs> in this direction. Um, well, I want to, I want to maybe clumsily take, cause yeah. everything you've spoken about so wonderfully and, and I've never thought about action figures this much in the last like 20 years. And thank you so much for, <laughs> for bringing it back into like, I used to obsessed about, about. I used to, there was this like thrift store that my mom would go to to grab stuff every once in a while as a kid. And there was a Riker, like 10 inch, like it was basically, I will describe it as like one of those like Ken dolls, Yeah, but that's oversimplification, but it was very fabric-y and it was in its case and I really wanted it, but like my parents were really good about being like, why do you want this? You know, blah, 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 blah. Um, but uh, anyways, I digress a lot, but it, it just has brought me back to that time. Like, why did I want this so much? I wanted to be yeah. part of it. I want to connect with it. But uh, also it makes me think about how basically the holodeck is action figures. They are. For yeah. These basically. characters. Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> Jordy and Data are just big old nerds who, are, and in a great, fantastic way, like, hey, I want to play with, I want to play with all these characters. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I've got, this is a, the only action figures I have is this guy, and I've got a uh, a uh, Bill from Bill and Ted. Oh, that's nice. Dylan's awesome. holding up some Funko Pops. Yeah, yeah, I'm holding up some Funko Pops, and they're like touchstones. There's a way to connect, and and also right. again, like you said, like create. Uh, and and be participate mm-hmm. in this, and I think there is something very human about the holodeck in that way of just yeah, we're just trying yeah. to interact with these stories and, yeah, and engage absolutely. with them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, a really important point. 
I mean, when you look at when you look at like uh, Voyager, I mean, that's literally Tom. the reason why Tom Paris uses the holodeck, yeah. right? Yeah. It's to like interact with the past. It's yeah. to like yeah. learn things about what it was like to be a human at our time, basically. Yeah. Um, with uh, Bride of Chaotica, and then like moving forward, he Fair like Haven, gets really maybe. into Fairhaven, which we just did, right? And that's another human like town yeah. that he like really is just fascinated in human history. And so I think, yeah, it, it, the, the holodeck gives people this ability to like interact with history, but also, yeah, create stories and stuff. And yeah, I think that's an important yeah. thing to bring up. Good Do job, you have man. any uh, holodeck, uh, f- not figures, but like... Yeah. Uh, s- was there ever a holodeck set? Yeah, there's... Could, like- yeah, uh, oh, wait, no. There was never a holodeck set, um, though I should build one on my own. Uh, if nothing yeah, else, you should just for you the should, just for like you know having an entire room like a bathroom in that like yellow and black would oh, be the greatest oh. thing ever. Like, <laughs> and yeah. I actually have the artistic capability of doing something like that, so I'm gonna have to think <laughs> about that. Like, actually building like like an unfilled holodeck and go like play along, people. You know, yeah. Uh, oh, maybe put so some cool. put some sheets on, get some projectors. Oh God, you're gonna so, get divorced. I'm you're so welcome. sorry. <laughs> We, we did the opposite. So a while ago, uh, I think this was maybe like, I think this maybe like three years ago, I went to an ex- exhibition at the, um, at the, uh, the Broad. And there was, I, I don't remember what the exhibition was. I don't remember anything about it except for you walked into this giant area and they have projected a grid onto the area and then they had like in the in the 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 background area they had like a big screen where you're watching whatever this artist's movie that they put together and i walked on it and i was like oh my god i'm on the holiday yeah that's what it felt like and i that that feeling of like this is the closest I think I've ever been to being in that yellow gridded holodeck right before something uh, appears yeah. on the holodeck for me. And I, yeah, I turned into a child, even though I was in like a art museum. I was yeah. like, this is, cool. I spent like probably a half hour in there, not even watching the TV. I was just like walking around. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. If you think that was amazing, the Star Trek experience in Vegas was. I'm uh, so jealous. It was I can't so, even believe. I, I mean, it was so well done and impressive that it's i'm still angry at at vegas not <laughs> i'm so angry at all of the data you know what i mean like i'm like how did everybody let that go away is completely beyond me but there is um a really wonderful uh exhibition that goes and travels and it's come here a couple of times that has parts of of sets where you can actually like oh. go into the medical bay and go onto the bridge. Oh, cool. It's not as immersive, God, but it's like, it's pretty damn I'm, close. If yeah. I could, if I ever uh, found in a dumpster to set to uh, TNG, I would totally Kramer that shit and set it up oh, in my living yeah, room without question. and just be sitting on the chair and people walk in and be like, Hey, welcome back. Like we got some stuff going on. <laughs> we need to deal with. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I just found oh, out that like, you know what Disney animators would were doing with the cells when they were finished? Using them as oh. slides. <laughs> like, think about like you're sliding you on like, yeah, on on, on oh like Cinderella and Snow White. Like, 
millions that of dollars fucking, worth of merchandise just being slid on. That rules, oh. man. Uh, In like a weird way, I'm like, cool, man. That's so yeah, crazy. I mean, because like, yeah, Disney's not losing. They're not really losing any money right now. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, oh my god. Everything they touch. By the way, have you guys? Are you guys into Wandavision? Not yet. Dude, not yet. I've, I've heard it's amazing. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, get through the first two episodes. It is absolutely worth it. It's good. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't want to say anything other than that, but it's. Damn, well, I'll, I'll add that the you know we did Fairhaven. La- no, excuse me. Two weeks ago we did Real Life, which is the Doctor has a family, and it's basically oh. two sitcom episodes and an episode of ER at the end. That's yeah. the way that sh- episode is structured, and it made me want to watch WandaVision. And then I've been watching WandaVision ever since, and I'm just like, this is such a love letter to television. It is, and <laughs> they're doing such a, a beautiful job, like of accurately yeah i mean they doing the mono audio track in the first episode it's like it's 1950s it's great it's it's unbelievable i mean it's so brave because you're thinking about like they're a bunch of kids that have no idea about syndication you know like like, (laughs) how how on earth they were able to pitch that idea and they're like yeah we're gonna go with it i mean it's because it's Disney and Marvel, and they just know people watch everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, they don't watch anything. That's incredible. Um, um, do you guys want to rate this episode? We gotta rate it. Yes, let's rate, rate it, baby. It. Let's rate so, it. So, as we set up Top Shem, uh, we have our Drasks system, uh, and and Jan will bring us through each uh, each thing, and we like to give a one out of five trek. Um, based off of those things, and I'll I'll run through it real quick again. It's uh, dialogue. Romance, action, suspense, camp, and stakes. Do not feel any pressure to give anything a ranking you don't want to give. Also, if everybody's trending one and you feel like it's a five, give it a five. This is, yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to go down the list. You can argue, you can fight for for what you believe in. Uh, Our first category is dialogue. And I, I think it's such a well-written episode. I do. I agree. It is. I would be a five. And, and, And again, this is we're only judging what's in the holodeck, but it's pretty easy with this episode because ninety percent of it is in the holodeck. (laughs) And I think it's just so well written. And I for me, this is an easy five. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Easy five. I agree. Yeah. Specifically for me, that the Picard's last little monologue, we might be in a little box. That's which is a classic. But that's one of the few bits that's not in a holodeck. That's not in a holodeck. That we know of, (laughs) hypothetically. The way that Moriarty speaks is so poetic to me. Like my yeah. past is a fiction. Yeah. Uh, like the the bit when he's talking about like how coming in and out of consciousness was a nightmare for him. Yeah. Because he was like in the memory banks. It's I terrifying. thought that was, totally. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. Was that a was that a qu- Quinteros? A Quinteros is I mean, what it, we like to call. Yeah, it. yeah. Quinteros <laughs> is when it's based. It's named after the character from one one zero zero one zero zero one, Commander Quinteros. <laughs> Who is such a minor character in all of, but his name is Quinteros. Whenever every something a category gets all fives, it's called a Quinteros. So, yes. Quinteros. Give it a little button that we can press. We'd yeah. be like Quinteros. 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 Darius, talk to the editor. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, anybody else want to add anything to to dialogue? Yeah, we got it. No, no, I think that's you nailed five. it. Yeah. Uh, romance. I I mean, there's I'm, a little bit. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go for it. No, no you no, go. go for you it. go. go you for go. It. I, I'm gonna like. I'm gonna give it a five, just for if for no other reason, just for the inner the dialogue between Regina and Picard. That is so oh, yeah. fucking yeah. sexy and so well done. <laughs> oh, and shit, and she's yeah. she's basically like, 
she's like, oh, I mean, I can't even remember the exact words, but she was like, you you would capture any woman's heart or something like that. And I'm like, man, yeah. they give this, they gave them like three minutes and I'm already in love with this woman. <laughs> yeah, know? dude. Absolutely. I love, yeah. my favorite romantic part is when, uh, Barkley goes in and he's hesitantly setting up the things and she's like talking to him and he's like, my, my, what I loved about the romance in this honestly was, um, towards the end, it's basically the end, but it's throughout the whole episode where Moriarty's just basically being like, uh, to Regina, like we can go wherever we want. Like, we've been stuck in this holodeck for so long and like i don't want to be a bad guy anymore like i love you so much like of course we can go back to earth of course we can like we're gonna go where we're gonna we're, we're gonna have a life together yeah and that to me was like such a like romantic yeah, thing it's so beautiful like, they they ride off into the sunset they do. Literally. in the shuttle yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's I, I do think like it is one of the most genuinely romantic episodes of Star Trek. Yeah. In terms of the holiday from somebody that a character that you would never expect to be romantic. Absolutely. To, yeah. And, which and, is interesting. And all of his motivation throughout the entire episode is to free her yeah. and himself, yeah. but and her, which makes him even more sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a five. I don't think it it's gets a five. It's two holiday characters. It's, is this another Quinteros? Dylan? We Quinterosing? Are you fiving? I don't know. Nobody kissed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to give it a 4.5 for that? Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. If oh you French God. judge this shit. You know what? You guys torpedoed. You guys torpedoed take me out to the holodeck. And I will never forget that. <laughs> um, it's two no. holodeck characters in love no, with each I other. I agree. I agree. It's a it's a Quinteros. Let's it's give a it another Quinteros. Quinteros. Okay. Here's the equalizing round of action. Okay. The action. Yeah, not in a lot episode. of action. Yeah. Uh, a lot of tossing. A surprising amount of tossing of things in this episode. <laughs> tossing of little books. Little books. Tossing of rocks oh, into the holog into the holodeck thingy i'll give it a 0.5 for action because of the tossing yeah and because of barclay it's not even barclay i just love how they have to turn the the uh tops of the uh oh yeah the repeaters or whatever heisenberg machines loved it i'm gonna give it a one for uh Wait, is this outside the holodeck when Worf grabs his gun underneath no, the thing? I think that's in. I is that in, in the holodeck? The simulation, yeah. Simulation <laughs> Worf has, <laughs> has his phasers. That's, that's true. I'm going to give it a one for that because that's the most like badass action move that was specifically like a logistics thing that they were like, I just put it under the table. <laughs> I love yeah. it. We've already done it in the bit, but like so fucking funny. And I wonder if Picard had to have a conversation with Worf like, hey, you can't tape a phaser under the... <laughs> That's just what if what if Wesley it, gets it? What if Wesley gets down there? <laughs> He's gonna blow his freaking head off. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a, a a one as well for for that reason. Shem, how do you feel? You know what? I was I was on board with you guys until you brought this up, but because he is in a fictional area, was that a tell? An intentional written tell of him right. pulling out the phaser. I'm gonna give right. it. I'm gonna give it a four. If that's the case, oh, like, nice. okay. that's a badass. Right. That's a badass like, move. 
like that a storytelling yeah, move, which I, I literally that. didn't think about until you guys were like discussing it. Nice. Yeah. 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 That's a really good point. Cause they do a lot <laughs> of those small tales throughout the episode too. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The next category is going to be suspense. This is a pre suspense. Yeah, what's I, going on? Yeah. Where are they? The yeah. entire time. <laughs> you don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and yeah. even at yeah, right at the end, I know it's technically not in a holodeck, but we don't know. We don't know if we're in a holodeck or not. So I, I, love the, yeah. I also I also love the fact that like Dana takes off his like com badge, which is basically the only thing tracking him, and throws right. it and doesn't pick it up. He's just like, we're fucked. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I quit Starfleet. <laughs> fuck this shit. I'm done. Picard's like, wait, what the fuck? He's like, I've had enough of your bullshit, Picard. I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. Get in. <laughs> Uh, I'll give it a four. I think it's it's very, very suspenseful. The whole thing is pretty suspenseful. I think uh, the only reason I'm not giving it a five is my own bias of having seen the episode before, which is bad. But <laughs> I'm going to give it a five. I was very suspended the whole time because I'd never seen it before, uh, especially when they're like, we're in a simulation. And I was like, oh, man, this is yeah, wild. I'll, I'll give it a, a, a four as well. Chen? Yeah, I'm going to give it a five because I'm like, I can't believe that they did a callback that was so many years in between and and actually think about that. surpassed the original concept. Like the concept was so that, yeah. sound to begin with. And then they, they one-dupped it because I was totally shocked when I first saw it. I totally forgot about like the episode within the episode. I'm like, yep, right. good God, this is like you know, this is this is writing. This is what makes you want to do things. Totally. Oh, yeah. How about camp? There's I, some campy stuff. There's, I think, yeah. like all the Victorian dress, Data and Jordy when they're cosplaying. They're even Jordy tries an accent. Jordy's <laughs> like, um, Data. <laughs> I mean, Sherlock. What Sherlock. is it? <laughs> I think is really Barclay adds a lot of camp. The actor who plays Barkley, Dwight Schultz, uses his hands a lot. Yeah. And though just how his nervous tics and stuff are super campy on my end. Uh, And a special shout out to guy who's poking the. uh, Yes. The the force field. That was like the biggest camp for me. MVP. Uncredited coast guest star, unfortunately. Yeah. Great work. We're we're not getting enough action out of Worf. So let's irritate him by doing 25 takes. You. (laughs) Keep fucking up. You're doing a great job. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, because I, I, they, they could have, they could have gone campier, right? But uh, I think it's there. I'm gonna go with a three because it is campy, but I've seen way, you know, the Schweitzer moment in, in true. the Beowulf. Boy, yeah, Beowulf episode is way campier. Uh, so I, I think I'm gonna go with a three. I'm gonna give it a two because there was no like '80s haircut, like, <laughs> like yeah. in, in, in season two, all you see is like crazy 80s haircut and and shoulder oh. pads shoulder pads yes. everywhere that's all there is I'm, like i'm drop i'm dropping to a three because of that that yeah. you sold me you sold me so, and and i would normally go for two because i think this is one of the just those episodes that's aged very well yeah and everything kind of works super well but i'm giving it a three from a two on the strength of regina's hat alone yeah it is an incredible community (laughs) theater level (laughs) sherlock holmes production hat yeah it's just amazing costume design right there so i'm giving it a three for that incredible um 
Okay, guys. Stakes. I mean, this guy's life, man. And the ship. His life, and it's the ship. Like, he's taking control of the ship, and he's sentient and he wants to leave like that's so the stakes are so high yeah and they're also and they're also like witnessing a one-time event a yeah, historic yeah. one-time event so right yep right i think this is gonna unseat uh i think fucking, this is a five uh fuck, <laughs> that's a five for me i'm giving it's it a yeah. five because there's this is the every, highest everybody's stakes. lives are at risk moriarty's yeah. picard's yeah. every everybody everybody can die mm-hmm. and it's all meaningful right damn is this another quinteros I think I don't want to gem. Yeah, I'm five. There's not even a question. <laughs> Quinteros. Quinteros. Oh man, this. I think Armin Bashir is gone. Armin, right. so. there's no way. Um, I'm, so, unfortunately, that's not how it's going to pan out. I think. Okay. So we, uh, well, after editing Shem, we've, uh, we actually hired a voice actor to do a bunch of uh, stuff for. Uh, so we have our own computer here on Trek to the Holodeck. <laughs> Where like awesome. I cut together her voice to like put together, but while we're recording it, Jan reads it out. But when you listen back to the episode, we'll actually have a computer reading it out. That's great. Uh, so, computer for ship in a bottle, what is the final score? Calculating three point nine seven. Tight. We gave it three quinteros. It's How hard to overcome fuck? the lack of action in, in camp in this in camp, episode. Yeah, lack of action in right. camp. And this is the thing. This is the, the Drask system is so punishing in this way. It's so punishing. <laughs> it's so punishing. <laughs> um, but Where it does, does it put it? It puts it right below Bada Bing Bada Bang, which is a fan favorite a here. fucking slapper yeah. of an episode. And yeah. ahead of Bride of Chaotica, a respectable lead, like a point three lead over bright of chaotica so safely number six number six all right i think that's good i i think it's one of the best in the top 10 um it's yeah. it's just an invigorating episode i haven't felt totally. this way watching an episode in a long time so it's it's really wonderful it's a beautiful episode and it might be my my personal like sentimental favorite that we've done in a long time mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely beautiful uh, Shem, thank you so much for oh, coming. Guys, on the podcast. this was a blast. You know, I, I had so much fun. You guys are so witty and charming, and it was uh, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. Of thank course. you. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we yeah. we, we we head out? Plug Shem? away. Oh no, no. I I I came here simply for the pleasure of 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 your company and to be able to be with fans that that really understand the importance of this of this show. Because I look at this as like, this is not a show. It's a lifestyle, you know? Yeah. That's Hell what yeah. it is. <laughs> Thank you. Fuck yeah, man. That's, I, we're going to make a t-shirt <laughs> out of that. Right? <laughs> this is not a show. Quote, it's yeah. a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And we'll put dash Shem. <laughs> like, uh, um, I will plug your your uh, Secret Lair uh, Museum. If you're ever in Los Angeles, uh, and uh, you should go check out Shem's Secret Lair Action Figure yeah. Museum. I still have to do it. The but, moment uh, I'm able to go, yeah. I'm gonna. I will be there. You know what? Uh, how about how about this as a plug? Uh, uh, it's my Instagram is uh, Secret Layer Museum. Uh, Instagram, whatever. Great at, at Secret Layer right uh, Museum. Go check it out. Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, thank thank you so much again for for coming on. Yes. 
or Trek to the Holodeck, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Uh, yes. Leave a, a comment. Uh, leave a review. That helps us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also have like a Discord channel. And uh, if you want to hop in and talk about Trek and all that good stuff, uh, yeah. And we're on Twitch and in stuff things as, i don't know as, yeah. as previously mentioned we we did get a, a voice actor to perform the voice of the computer and her name is verona blue hire her she's fantastic mm-hmm. yeah our intro and outro music is provided by the artist Bodyline, um used with permission from midwest collective it's available on Bandcamp. you can go check it out but you're not going to get the cool uh, uh holodeck uh like uh voices um, voiceovers that jan yeah. put over it but definitely go check it out yeah uh, it's yeah. great and as always, uh, so we we have this bit <laughs> where we 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 try to tell people that we're a fan podcast and we have any any sort of uh, affiliation with the Star Trek rights holders and stuff like that. But early on in the podcast, Jan made a video uh, for one of, for our Instagram. <laughs> and it got pulled because he didn't like change it enough and so cbs was like you can't use that like it's rights we have the rights to it so we were just like fuck you cbs so as (laughs) you said earlier as you said earlier shem we bought all the fucking dvds we bought all the goddamn action figures and you're still making us pay for your fucking shit so fuck you, Viacom CBS. Leave us alone. We're a fan uh, podcast, okay? But also subscribe to Paramount Plus in March or whatever. Do it. Uh, uh, computer and program. Uh, well, com- 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 computer and-, and program. Computer and program. <laughs> computer? Arch? spent virtually every free hour in the hollow suite. And for a while, I almost forgot he was a hologram. That means the holodeck safeties are off. Computer, execute complete shutdown of the holodeck. All holo simulations have been terminated. 